Hello, and welcome to the Clumsy Theosis Podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of this show. I'm really glad that you've tuned in today. But before we get into this episode, there's something exciting that I would like to tell you. Since the recording and release of this episode, Clumsy Theosis is no longer a production of Catholic Answers. We are now independent, which is super exciting. But with being independent, that means that we are now 100% listener supported. So I would like to invite you, if you have felt that Clumsy Theosis has been a benefit to your life, to your prayer life, your spiritual life, your understanding of the faith, if this ministry has been a benefit to you in any way, if you would prayerfully consider becoming a donor and financially supporting the work of the Clumsy Theosis ministry. If you would like to donate, please visit clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu. Also, the contact information that I give in this episode, if I give any, it will not be up to date. So for my current contact information, visit clumsytheosis.net for everything from email to social media, all available on clumsytheosis.net, as well as show notes for every single episode and a way for you to sign up to receive my weekly email. So that's everything that I needed to let you know. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you share it with your friends. Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying your Thanksgiving leftovers. I know that they're one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, the Lord has urged me to speak on the ultimate Thanksgiving, the Eucharist. Now, next week, we'll pick up on our two-part episode on sin. But for today, we're going with the Eucharist, with uh, the Thanksgiving meal, with its Jewish roots, all that really fun stuff. So, My spiritual director just brought this to my attention. In the book of Revelation, John obviously is giving us a prophetic message from the Lord, right? So in chapter 3, the Lord is speaking of the lukewarm. So he says, You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. This sounds kind of harsh, right? So why would a loving God say such things to his people? Now, a few lines later in scripture, Jesus answers this question when he says, Those whom I love, I reprove and chastise. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Now, why? Because if we repent, then we're fit for what Jesus says next. Next, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me. So why does the Lord say that he wants to dine with us? In fact, actually throughout history, sorry, throughout scripture, we read Jesus using the imagery of dining and banquets many times, right? So let's explore that. Let's look at the Eucharistic meal, the Thanksgiving meal. And even if you're not American, right, you can totally get behind this Eucharist, right? So Jesus wants to share his divine life with us. He wants to share himself with us, his body, his blood, And this is what Christianity has referred to as the Eucharist from the very beginning. Now, the heart of the liturgy of our worship is the Eucharist. And the word Eucharist comes from the Greek word Eucharistia, meaning Thanksgiving. 
but it has its roots in Judaism, you know, the word as well as the tradition. So the most complete and typical Thanksgiving prayer of Judaism was always found in the meal liturgy. So, and that would be both the Sabbath meal and the solemn Passover Seder. Now, these meals essentially revolve around four cups of wine. And we're going to talk about each of those four cups because they're really important for us as Christians. Um, so this meal is going to be led by the head of the house or the head of a household. And so think about Jesus and his apostles doing all of this, which I'm about to explain to you, during the Last Supper. And if you want to like look at something in scripture that's going to, you can kind of follow along with um, what Jesus and his apostles did and what I'm about to tell you, the, um, the Thanksgiving liturgy of the Jewish Passover um, and Sabbath meal look like. Go to Luke chapter 22, and then I think it's verses 14 through 20. All right, so Jesus was, you know, the, the teacher, the rabbi of his apostles, right? So he would have led this this meal liturgy. So the first cup of wine that they would have during this Thanksgiving meal would mark the solemnity of the occasion. And it was called the cup of sanctification. And now everything that was going to be said pretty much at this meal liturgy would be sung. They're going to be hymns and, and chants, right? So everything is opened up with um, some Jewish hymns, and then they'll have the first cup of wine. Now they'll move on to the second cup of wine, which is called the cup of proclamation. And during the second cup of wine, this cup of wine is, um, there, there's going to be a reading, a reading called the Haggadah. And the Haggadah is the proclamation, right? So what are they going to proclaim? So the Jews are going to proclaim how good God has been to them, to their people, to their ancestors. And namely, what that would be is setting the Hebrews free from Egypt. And so they're going to quote Deuteronomy. And for our purposes, we would be able to see what they would say during this part of the prayer in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 5. And so what I think is cool about the Haggadah is that the father would explain three things about the meal, but they all connected to the history of the people. So he would explain the Passover, the unleavened bread, and the bitter herbs. Now, the Passover, right, that's going to be when God passed over the houses of their ancestors in Egypt. And the unleavened bread is to explain how the ancestors were ransomed from Egypt and then lastly, the bitter herbs depict how the Egyptians had embittered the lives of all of their ancestors. Now, when the leader of the house or, you know, the father would explain these three terms and talk about their connection with the history of their people, he would be using first person. So he would talk about how God had passed over his house and at the Passover and how he was ransomed from Egypt. And so by speaking of the past from the first person perspective and bringing it present, we're able to participate, like the Jews were able to participate in what had happened to their ancestors, bringing the past to the present and they can participate together. Now that's 
something that we do in Christianity, right? When we go to Mass, right? We are remembering the Lord, but it's not just a remembrance like we're recollecting from our our past encounters with Him. We are actually bringing His sacrifice present. Now, after the second cup of wine, obviously, we move on to the third, right? Now, the third cup of wine is called the Barakah. Now, this is the cup of blessing, and it was drunk at the end of the meal. So, They would finish their meal, they would have the Passover lamb, you know, they would dip their morsels into the bitter herbs, and uh, once that had been completed, then they would say prayers of thanksgiving for all of the benefits that God had bestowed upon them, and those would have been things such as like the law, right? They were thankful for the law that the Lord had given them, they were thankful for the land that the Lord had promised them, and for his covenant with them. And then they would finally drink the third cup, right? So all of this happened during the Passover that Jesus and the apostles performed at the Last Supper, right? So this next part, the fourth cup, is really special. I mean, all the cups actually are are special. Um, But the fourth cup signified the end of the Thanksgiving meal, And the hymns that they would sing were songs of gratitude, and it would close out this solemn night. And this was called the Hallel. Now, it's really interesting. So when we read scripture in Matthew 26 and in Mark 14, we read that um, before the apostles headed out to the Mount of Olives, they sung these psalms. And so these psalms were Psalms 115 through 118. And if we were to go and read these psalms, it's a little eerie because especially Psalm 116 and Psalm 118, there's parts in that psalm which almost look like a screenplay for what was about to happen in Jesus's life with his passion and his death. Now, I encourage everyone to read these psalms, Psalms 115 through 118, with this in mind, that Jesus and his apostles sang these hymns before they went out to the Mount of Olives, and that's where Jesus had his agony in the garden, right, on Gethsemane. And actually, I would say read this in adoration, right, because you guys are trying to make adoration a regular part of your spiritual life. Go to adoration and read the scripture, right? So you're going to adoration, you're reading scripture, and, you know, if you're going to read Psalms 115 through 118, you're going to be meditating on the Lord's passion and his love for you. And I think that will invoke in us a newer, revitalized thanksgiving for him and his love for us and the gift of salvation. And so while we're eating all of our delicious leftovers this weekend— And we all know that Thanksgiving leftovers are better on the second and third day, right? So we have so much to be thankful for. And that is why we are called a Eucharistic people, because we do have so much to be thankful for with our earthly blessings and our spiritual blessings, but most of all because of the Lord's love for us and his salvation. And if we are thankful, the best response for that is to accept the gift that he has freely given to us. And the gift of your salvation, which is bought at the price of Jesus's passion and death. And really, in order to thank him for that, the only response is to repent and to listen to Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. And when you hear him, to invite him in. And you can dine together at the Eucharistic meal of the Mass or the liturgy on Sunday and hopefully in eternity. All right, everyone. So today I ask three things of you outside of 
praying the Psalms <laughs> during adoration. Uh, please keep me and this ministry in your prayers. Um, also subscribe to this Clumsy Theosis podcast if you haven't already available on all major podcast applications. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis. We are having a lot of fun over there and please don't be shy. I encourage you to private message me. I love to hear from you all. All right, everybody, peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.